business and bourbon. Man, you've been an entrepreneur for 62 years by my <laughs> Because it works like dog years. Was it too legit to too quit? Legit. Too legit to quit. Hey, 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 too legit. This drink just may be, oh my God, this is God's drink. It's <laughs> Religious women, we don't uh, hug men outside of our husbands. And he was like, you what? <laughs> I think I threw him for a big loop. I want to talk about your faith a little bit and why we're having water. I used to just drive around and live my life and do whatever I wanted and didn't really think about a higher power or anything. The way that I'm meeting clients, the introductions I'm getting, the types of clients I'm meeting, it's divine. I mean, I, there's no other way I could describe that. Can you explain kosher? Oh my goodness. Let's get serious with yeah. kids. It's a challenge. The minute they're out, like <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on grinding. It. Life throws us curveballs and we don't always at the time know what they're for. Don't overpromise. Underpromise and overdeliver. Overdeliver. Over-deliver. Welcome back to Business and Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. I am the creator and your host, Ron L. Richards. Today's episode I've invited someone that I got to tell you guys, a few years back, I don't think I would ever thought that I would have the opportunity to meet this person and to learn about this person and learn about her culture, which is super enlightening for me. And I feel super fortunate to have been able to do this. But this is kind of the power of this platform, this format, globalization, social media. You know, before we get into this, I want to encourage you guys, take a more active approach to your business social media. I found that a few years ago, my network, while I thought was powerful, really wasn't. It was limited to people that looked just like me. I don't mean literally looked just like me, but they were in the same industry, did some of the same things, and there wasn't a lot of growth because of that. Some of you guys like me, you're leaders in your industries, and so all those people in your network look up to you. But you're not really growing because of that. You're not learning You're not becoming better. And so, you know, I took it upon myself to become more active so that I could grow, so that I could become smarter, so that I could learn more and I could be exposed to different people and they could help me in my journey. One of those people was Suzanne Spanner and she and I have now been friends for a few years. And let me tell you something, being exposed to her and her culture has really changed me in some really positive ways. But it's also allowed me to know that as different as we are in some ways, we're so alike in a lot of other ways as well that you'd really be surprised. I think this is really a story about human nature and humankind and how some of the things that we think separate us are things that we actually have in common. And there's so many more commonalities. You know, at the end of the day, we all want to raise our families. We all want to live productive lives and have security. We all want the same things. So with that said, I want to hop into this week's episode with my guest, Suzanne. Really fun conversation. Tremendous personality, guys. And we talk about some things that a lot of you guys don't want to talk about. We're going to talk about religion. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about how they intersect. And it's fun, as you guys know, and only business in Bourbon Way. It's not heavy. It's super fun. But I think you guys are going to enjoy it as we get into this episode. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say before you grab your glass, your cup, your mug, whatever it is that you want to drink out of and pour your favorite beverage into there. Let's make sure that you guys remember you're too legit. You're too legit to quit. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's go. Welcome back to Business in a Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. I am once again in the heart of beautiful, beautiful Atlanta. Although, um, for you non-global warming people, it's 70 degrees and it's January. What the heck is going on? Like, I, I'm not going to, we're not going to get into that debate on business and bourbon, but Jesus, it's 70 degrees. It's January. I want a little bit of cold. But nonetheless, it's beautiful here. The view is wonderful. There's business going on all around. It's super motivating. So if you get to Atlanta, make sure you go to King and Duke and tell them that Ronell told you to pop on in. Today, I am joined by a very, very dear friend of mine, and I'm so excited to have her on. And uh, hopefully she's excited to be on the <laughs> podcast. We're going to find out. Suzanne Spanner, my very good friend. What's going on? Hey, Ronell. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. And for you guys that... If you're listening to the podcast and you haven't checked out the video yet, my friend is wearing what shirt are you wearing, my friend? I'm a businesswoman. Yes. If you Ronell's picture on the back with, with my and bourbon. Love it. So if you don't have one of these shirts, you are a loser. I'm just saying that's the word on the street. I'm just saying. So make sure that you get one. Um, <laughs> welcome, my friend. Thank you. So, hey, um, before we get into all the fun stuff, I want to talk a little bit about what it is that you do, and then we're going to have some fun, and we're going to do what we do in Business and Bourbon and talk about your journey. So tell the audience real quick what it is that you do. So I founded a company called Meeting Matchmakers, and I help match our clients with venues for their meetings worldwide. And in a nutshell, we do the sourcing. We help them save time finding their hotel, getting the packages, the pricing, set up site tours for them, and then negotiate the contract with the hotel sales managers, which are in the position I used to be in. So I like to call myself the hotel insider. I love it. I love it. And you have a great brand online. I love it. And, you, and you're Thank very you. intentional about your brand and very focused on being consistent in your messaging, which I respect. All right, now we got that out of the way. Let's have a little fun and talk about a couple of the questions that I asked you. You know, this is Business and Bourbon, and you guys know I'm the hip-hop kid. Like, I'm coming from the hip-hop generation, so I always got to – music just is, is part of this thing. When you come into Business and Bourbon, I'm going to ask you <laughs> your favorite hip-hop musician. Now, and if you don't like hip-hop, that's cool. We can be acquaintances. No, I'm just kidding. I've had people that don't listen to hip-hop, but um, – Suzanne, who's your favorite hip-hop or slash other musician? So it's funny when I was thinking about this question, the first person that comes to mind is MC Hammer. MC. <laughs> that is I a first. I grew up in the 80s, and um, my dad used to work at Martin Luther King High School. Yeah. He was one of a very few minority there, and uh -huh. they did concerts for the students, and one of the people they brought in was MC Hammer. So my dad Whoa. comes home from school one day. And he's like, hey, guess what? I know you like this MC Hammer. He's coming to my school. And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, I got you a ticket to the concert. I never screamed so loud in my life. I went to the MC Hammer concert with my father. Yeah. And we busted a rhyme. We had so much fun. That is so awesome. <laughs> awesome. So was it too legit to too quit? Legit. <laughs> too legit to quit. Hey, hey. hey. Too legit. To too come on. To come on. We just lost what? Would would we lose? Three quarters of the audience with that one? They're like, what? <laughs> or the anybody in the 80s is what like, the hell is I want that? more. I want more. Yeah. I listen, you know, I know that 
It's I not, also like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh, it's not first. It's it's not cool to say that like those artists you love, but we all like them. I love them, we, and we all can. I used we to have can a poster of them on my wall growing up. Did you really? Yeah. So I can remember when I was in. I don't know. I, when was it? It was maybe like middle school or something like that. Driving on the school bus and everyone's singing. Parents just don't understand. <laughs> Jeez. I have it in my head right you now. You are taking me, man. Shame on you, because now it will not leave. Like it, that, that will be drilled <laughs> well, into my head, Will and Smith's all these guys also listening. Will from Philly, which is where I grew up. Uh, so, I'm so tell me about that. Fan. So you're from Philly. I'm from Philly, born and uh, raised. All right. I moved to oh. Atlanta back in 2000. On the playground, what, on the playground, is that where, where you spent most, most of, of your days? days. <laughs> Chilling out, nice and relaxing, all cool. Oh no, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you're you said from. You that fun. So you're from Philly. From Philly. Are you a Philadelphia Eagles fan? Oh, diehard. All you guys. I even try mm. to get my kids on board. My son's got a big poster. Why from, would you do something like that to he them? Likes, he actually likes Atlanta teams. Yeah. But because they were going to the Super Bowl, I think he played along with me. And then once the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I yeah. was like, we got to get a poster on that wall. So. Well, I don't know why oh. you would do that because I've seen your kids and they seem like very, very nice kids. Why would you turn them into Eagles fans? <laughs> <laughs> All their friends the people that the people that <laughs> boo Santa Claus and their first round draft picks. Oh, for those of you that don't know American football, I'm going to tell you the Philadelphia Eagles are known or Eagle Eagles are fine. The Eagle tread fans lightly, are known for being lightly. very. I know. Don't hit me. Are known <laughs> for being very microphone. intense. I did, didn't you got I? Yourself a red one for the I, Falcons. How about that? Hey. So you're not as intense <laughs> as most Eagles fans. So. You get a pass. Okay, good. You're good. I need a pass. All right, so let's talk about your business journey a little bit. How long have you been in business now? I started Mini Matchmakers in the summer of 2010, so yeah. it'll be 10 years this oh, summer. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That made you, let's see. Okay, let me do the math. Okay. Uh, entrepreneur years. Man, you've been an entrepreneur for 62 years by my <laughs> because it works like dog years. 10 years, it's roughly 7.89 years per year. So that's fantastic. I want to talk about your journey. You and I have been acquainted for a few years now, and you, I, I consider you a friend in business. But I've had the opportunity to see you in action, yeah. and I got to say I'm impressed. And I learned a lot about you and how you treat your customers and your clients by watching what you did on a client site, which was really pitch in and do work that you aren't being paid to do. <laughs> like you're picking up dishes and picking up garbage Tables, off the ground. You're making up. it. I'm like, does she get paid for that? <laughs> no, but that is the sort of attention to detail. So I was very, very impressed by that. Where does that come from? Like in your business, is this something that you learned as a kid or you just learned through your 10 years and how you you treat your customers because the service that I'm seeing from you is like exceptional. How did you get there? I think a lot of it has to do with my mom was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was four years old. So the tables kind of turned and I wound up being more of a caretaker as opposed to, you know, just the normal things that kids are doing. So ever since a young age, I've been taking care of my mom and, you know, my dad, they were both teachers. So my dad sometimes was a bit stressed and my sister and I had to just pitch in and do what we had to do. So it's just, I think, ingrained in me. And then in high school and college, I did a lot of service jobs. I was working in restaurants like kind of like this. I was a bus girl. I was cleaning tables and whatever the waitresses needed. I made sure that, you know, everything was ready for them. And 
Then I was a waitress at one point and I knew what it took to get good tips, basically. So I learned how to deliver good service. And I just carried that all the way through all of my hotel years as well. And when I was in sales, like that's the number one thing for, for you to deliver good service. People want to hear from you quickly. So I just literally everything to me is about response time, being positive, and clients know you care about them when you actually deliver on what you promise. So the thing that you're talking about, that event, the banquet team wasn't on top of things that day. So, or maybe they were short staffed. I don't know what was going on, but all that ran through my mind is get up and help. So I did. That's powerful. So like that comes from your upbringing. Yeah. And I can imagine that's a, a lot for a young kid to have to deal with and taking care of your mom and being there to support her. But that's helped to make you successful in your business. Yeah, I, I do think life throws us curveballs and we don't always at the time know what they're for. But now I'm much older, I realize I have a different level of empathy and compassion for people that Maybe if I didn't grow up this way, I would just walk by. Yeah. I don't feel good about doing that. So that's what's up. So, hey, next question for you because we have to, it's business and bourbon. It's business and bourbon. What are you drinking today? Because you are drinking something that looks amazing. <laughs> and I'm drinking, drinking the same I'm thing. Drinking what are you drinking? A glass of clear water. Clear agua. <laughs> agua fresca. Let's call it agua fresca. Agua Can we do that? Name, yes. Yeah. It sounds. It's Ache Frio. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yes. So I'm drinking the same thing, and I'm enjoying it. It's so delicious. I always talk about all the drinks that we have here, and this drink just may be, oh, my God, this is God's drink. It's <laughs> the best drink I've ever had. So, you know, a lot of our guests usually come on and have a cocktail. We're not having cocktails today. We don't usually talk about religion and politics and things on this particular podcast unless it impacts business and it impacts our lives as entrepreneurs. And so I want to talk about your faith a little bit and why we're having water. Do you mind sharing? Sure. In my late 20s, early 30s, became more observant in my Judaism and I decided to keep kosher. So we're in a restaurant slash bar right now that doesn't happen to be kosher. So I am enjoying water with Ronell. Yeah, that's what's up. So as someone that is not Jewish, I've learned a lot about your faith and how it impacts the business. Like the first time we met, do you mind sharing that? <laughs> Ronell is naturally a hugging type I of am. person. Yeah. And I said, hey, heads up, religious women, we don't uh, hug men outside of our husbands. So <laughs> if we're married. And he was like, you what? <laughs> I think I threw him for a big loop and, there. Yes, because and also I'm super like sensitive to not offending anyone. Right. And so, um, yeah, you threw me for a loop because I'm like, I don't. But this is what I do. Um, <laughs> I'm hug. I you know, what do I do? And like, <laughs> and you're like, well, we can have a firm handshake. Right. And so, like, and so we had a firm handshake and that was cool. Technically, we don't shake hands, but we also don't embarrass anyone. So on our first meeting, but ever uh, since then, that's why we haven't been. Got it. <laughs> I do. See, I'm learning. As every, we go. I'm learning. Yes. Part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because our world is global. It's business um, leaders and salespeople and entrepreneurs like we're in a global economy right now. Yeah, totally. Like we have to learn how to do business and how to communicate with everyone. And so it's been so important for me and part of my learning experience and learning more about your faith and how you do business so that I'm better 
at doing business as well. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like in your community, some of the differences, because you took a more serious interest in your faith. What, when was it you said? When I was turning 29. Okay. So like you've been on kind of both sides of that. Yeah, I've been on both sides of this. Yeah. So can you help the audience a little bit and me, educate me a little bit more in terms of, okay, what kind of change and some of the different business practices so that you can help Ronnell skill up a little bit? (laughs) So actually at the time I was working for the Ritz-Carlton and I decided to take this journey to learn more about my faith. So I took a leave of absence from my job and I went to Israel for six weeks over a summer and I took courses at a university in Jerusalem. And I learned more about like the meaning behind so many things that I didn't, didn't even learn about growing up. I learned about the Sabbath and now I keep the Sabbath. So Friday sundown till Saturday sundown, I power off completely, like shut off phones, don't drive, no writing, like basically no creative work. And I just dive full in, spending time with the kids, spending time with my husband, Visiting friends, eating, having a good time. Can I ask you a question about that? How impactful has that been? Like, just because, again, you have a, I think, a great perspective of, like, pre-29 to now. Right. At that 29 and a half. (laughs) So, in that last six, in those six months. I wish. (laughs) um, Just the impact on disconnecting like that. For that day, what sort of impact has that had in your business, in your life, with your family? Right. It's pretty powerful. My children have only grown up this way, so they don't have the two worlds point of view. From my perspective, it took an adjustment at the beginning. I won't lie. Like, it was definitely a huge adjustment because I used to just drive around and live my life and do whatever I wanted and didn't really think about a higher power or anything you know, over me, I did always believe in God, but I, you know, I just wasn't thinking of God created the world in six days and he rested. Like we're emulating the experience of how the whole world was created and we're getting to do that with our children. So now I just appreciate it. I don't miss anything. But as a busy business professional and entrepreneur out there making your way in this world, growing your company, what, you know, we always talk about on Business Bird, we talk about the balance of life, of personal life, all, all these things, right? right? To being contributors to our business success. Because I think what you do, whether you are practicing faith like you are practicing your faith or not, I think it's something that people of any faith or belief system can really implement and have some good results. So that's what I kind of wanted to talk about was your how that has affected your business, either positively or negatively, right. and your family, and if this is something that other people can do. I think it's positively affected my business because I've given my life over and my will over to God. So I do things in the way that he outlined in the Torah, like in, you know, in the book. <laughs> so the Jewish clients that I have that happen to also be religious, they get it. And the Jewish clients I have that grew up the way I did that don't get it, They respect it. And for example, I just recently am working with a new client. He's Christian or Catholic. I'm not sure. He's a big faith believer. He had so much respect when I told him. I literally met him right before the Sabbath and he wanted to get on a call with me on Saturday morning. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't talk on the phone on Saturdays. And I don't even hold my breath anymore. If somebody's going to tell me I don't want to work with you because of that, then it's not meant to be. Does that happen? Yeah, he, I have not ever had that happen. Okay. But at the beginning, I think maybe I would You're have afraid had. afraid of it? Or? Yeah, more like <laughs> hesitation or, oh, no, what are they going to say? 
This man had the complete opposite reaction. He's like, I think that's amazing. No problem at all. Let's schedule the call for, you know, Monday. And we wound up having this great conversation about faith. And he had this near-death experience where he died but came back. Like, they brought him back to life. And I just have such amazing conversations with people. I learn about all different faiths and backgrounds. And I don't even think these conversations would come to light if I wasn't telling people that I take off for the Sabbath or there's certain... Jewish holidays where, you know, I also power off and it just sparks a lot of really cool conversations. So there are a lot of people out there of different faiths, different belief systems. And I think that I don't want to make an, an assumption, but I think a lot of people are maybe afraid to talk about that sort of thing or to have it be part of their. And when I say talk about it, I'm not saying, hey, look, hi, wave my hand. Look, this is my faith. This is what I know. But just have it be part of their business maybe for fear that it will impact their business, right? Yeah. Do you feel that overall it's impacted your, because the way you practice your faith, like it's there, you know, if you're paying attention. Yeah, you can't miss it. <laughs> There's no missing it. There's so no um, missing it. do you feel it's impacted your business in a positive way or negative way? Or what? what's your feeling on that? I, I honestly feel like the blessings have been coming down. Like, I was talking the other day, someone asked me, you know, for business advice. She's just starting out and she's starting a business. And I said, the number one thing I can tell you is just make sure you move yourself out of the way and allow God to shine, shower blessings on you. And my business has grown in 10 years more than I ever dreamed, more than I even had set my goals on. Like my goal was once my kids are old enough to go to school, that I wouldn't have to go back to work to the hotels and work those corporate hours, the meetings, the hustle, the bustle. I always wanted to just work for myself doing what I'm doing now. I've now gotten to a level where I've well surpassed any amount I ever made in the hotels. And I know it's not just because of me. Like, it's from above. The way that I'm meeting clients, the introductions I'm getting, the types of clients I'm meeting, it's divine. I mean, I, there's no other way I could describe it. That's, I feel like help, a major helping hand in my business. That's awesome. So, yeah, I, and thank you for sharing that. Hey, I got a question that a lot of people, and this is going to sound super basic, but listen, I don't know if you know, but this podcast is worldwide, baby. Like, <laughs> people are listening all over the place. Can you explain kosher? Oh, my goodness. It's obviously something that is normal, like, in English language stuff, but I think people don't even know, like, what that means. What it means. Okay, so there's certain things in the Torah that are just spelled out, and there's not necessarily an explanation for the why of it, other than God told you to. Yeah. Kosher is one of them. Mm -hmm. And base, the basics of kosher is you don't mix meat and milk at the same meal. So if you're going to sit down and have a hamburger, you don't put cheese on it, unless it's fake, like diet cheese, you know, okay. the soy cheese. You keep milk and meat dishes separately. I mean, that's like the main thing is you just don't eat meat and milk at the same meal. And if you're going to eat meat, you have to wait six hours, you know, for the most part. Some children wait less than six hours, but six hours before you can have a milk meal. Mm -hmm. That's like the gist of what kosher is. Okay. If you want like the minutia details, it's like, how do they kill the animal? There's like a there's like a precision. There's a way that they call it shecting. There's a way that they actually kill the animal to make sure that they're killing it kosher and they put salt on it. You're not allowed to have blood. So like they make sure they get all the blood out. And yeah. there's like little intricacies about kosher, but that's like the main thing. I'm asking you because again, we're in a global economy and 
you know, we're going to do business with people of all different sort of belief systems. And it just so happens that you are here so I can ask you about your faith <laughs> and how I can best do business with you. Right. right? And so let's shout. You know what? This is fun. Let's shout out some places here in Atlanta. If you're in Atlanta and you're going to sit down and you're going to have a meal with with Suzanne um, and you're going to talk business. Where are we going? Who's coach? Where are some of the coaster spots? We're going Mundo. Okay. It is South American Grill. Yeah. In the Prado in Sandy Springs. Okay. We're going to go to Formaggio Mio. Okay. It's like a pizza, brick oven pizza restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's in my neighborhood in Briarcliff and La Vista area. I don't know okay. if you know that area. There's also in that same shopping center, Toco Grill. Mm -hmm. It's a mix between Mediterranean, like Israeli type of food where they have like chicken pita and stuff like that. And he just, there's a new owner just added American. So there's hamburgers, onion rings, french fries, right. like that kind of stuff. Okay. There's also Pita Grill, which is a similar type of restaurant, but it's in Sandy Springs, off okay. Wayuka, not far from here. All right. We'll end it right there. That's, That's it. enough free and people. A, to... And there's a kosher Chinese. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. So, hey. And sushi. Spicy peach. You guys can send those <laughs> PayPal payments to Ronell at Ronell Rich. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got to get a little kickback from that. Yeah, we just sent sure. them. That's we just sent them. them some business. Is that it? Spicy peach. Yeah. So as you're traveling for business, do you find it difficult to eat? kosher like i mean obviously you eat kosher yeah, but is it difficult the, to find most of the large cities in america have kosher restaurants some of the smaller cities don't necessarily but you could eat fruits and vegetables anywhere there anything that grows from the ground or grows from a tree is kosher okay so enjoy those apples and bananas if you don't have a awesome. restaurant nearby i mean there's also tons of stuff in the grocery store can buy a can of tuna fish. Like, there's so many things that you could just eat on the go. Okay. If there's not a restaurant nearby. Awesome. So, you are 10 years, again, fantastic. That's amazing. 10 years in business. You have kids as well. So, I want to ask you, like, going out there and working as hard as we have to do in entrepreneurship and having, because I have kids, you know, having children as, as well, like, that balance your faith, does that help you with the balance as well in terms of balancing those two things? Or do you feel that there's a challenge in business that pulls away a little bit? Or Let's get serious. With yeah. kids, it's a challenge because okay. our kids happen to be under 10 at three under 10. So I feel like between my husband and I, we're constantly juggling like who's going to do what each night. You know, yeah. there's yeah, dinner, bath and beds got to happen every day. Some nights, like the business just requires a lot more time and attention, just depends on what's flying. So some nights I have to take a break and be involved with them. But then as soon as they go to bed, I have to finish up what I'm doing. I've gotten better about like the minute they go to school, I just start working immediately. Mm. I take breaks like to go to the gym, take care of myself. But otherwise, I'm really like maximizing the hours that they're away from the house because it's quiet. Yeah. What's that like? We've got a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening to this, a lot of working professionals and they've got kids, they've got younger, I don't have younger kids anymore. Like that grind, that hustle. I want you to give them some advice. Like tell them, what are you doing? Like one of the things you just said was super dope. Like the minute they're out, like <laughs> I'm on it, I'm, I'm on grinding. It. What's some advice that you have because you've been doing this now for 10 years to kind of balance those two responsibilities? So my biggest advice is to be honest because like last week, my littlest one got sick and it turned out she has 
strip and she was, you know, down for the count. And so I was not working. I didn't work for like two and a half days last week mm-hmm. and it was unexpected. But any deadlines I had, I tried to meet those because they're important. But everybody else that was like, I was aiming to get them things back by last week. I just reached out to my clients and said, hey, look, my little one's sick. I'm going to have to wait and get back to you next week. And I didn't have one person complain because they know me. They know I stay on top of things. They know I would never flake. And if it was something they needed urgent, I would just take a two minutes, send them an email, and then get back to my daughter. So at the end of the day, I think honesty is the most important thing when you're running your business. You got kids. You're juggling so many things. Like, don't overpromise. Underpromise and overdeliver with your clients every time. And you build trust and you build loyalty. And, you know, I think anything's possible as long as you're straightforward. I think that is so telling because I I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, uh, you know, a lot of mothers with young kids that are out in the business world feel like that can be held against them, right? Like, yeah. don't want to necessarily communicate those things. Like, hey, my kid's sick or whatever, because they, here's the reality. There's stereotypes and this stuff is out there. Let's, yeah. let's not ignore it. And so I think that my perception is that women feel a lot of pressure at times to not communicate those things because they feel like it's going to be again held against them what do you think about that so i guess every industry is different i can't speak on behalf of all women but in my case you can't no you told me you could before we (laughs) sat down like you're like i can speak on behalf of every i'm every woman then you sing that it's all in me (laughs) no but don't get me started love again from your perspective and your experience because that's what this is all about similar situation I had a new client. He wanted to get on a call with me at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Because he's on the West Coast. So for him, it's like no big deal. Two o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, listen, I could get on a call with you at five, but my house is going to be flying. I said, if you'd want me and my full attention and quiet, can we get on a call before 3 p.m.? Because my kids walk in the door usually around 345. And I like to have my last call be three o'clock so that I have, you know, quiet time. And the person was very refreshing. They said to me, I don't care at all. I have five kids. Let let there be noise. Like, they didn't care. That was when they were available. So we talked, and my kids were in the background. And they don't care. And I find the more that I just, like I said, it's all about being straightforward and just telling people, like, this is what it is. And and letting them tell you if it's going to work or not. And if someone says, you know, I absolutely need your full attention, then I'll step out of the house. I'll go, you know, Starbucks or go somewhere and take a call quietly. So, you know, what I've learned through what you've just shared and just in my own personal experience is that in business now, in the corporate world, it's, it's a different story, right? Like, and we know there are some serious challenges and some ceilings and some things that we need to break through and we need to fix. But in entrepreneurship, I found that when you put yourself out there and you are honest with the world and honest with people, you attract the people that you want to do business with. Cause here's the reality, like that person that comes back to you when you tell them that and says like, Oh no, that's not acceptable. You don't want to do business with them no, anyway. You don't. That's not somebody you want to do business with. So I think being honest, like you've been through your career and through your business is going to get you the people that you want to do business with and forge those relationships that you want. Cause business is all about that, right? It's about totally. forging relationships, growing those relationships and I don't know about you, but I don't want to do business with anyone that doesn't understand that I have a life outside of this and I have kids. And that's the whole reason that I do what it is that I do. 
right? Yeah, so totally. um, thank you for sharing that. And I hope that that encourages some people out there that are teetering because when we're hungry and we're just starting in our business, we're like, we're overly concerned about all yeah, of that everything. stuff. Right. We're like, well, I don't want to do this because maybe they won't do business. Well, maybe they won't, but so what? There are a lot of businesses out. There's a lot of people out there. You and I are both pretty active on LinkedIn. I tell people this all the time. There are half a billion people on LinkedIn, profiles on LinkedIn. Everybody ain't got to like you, Suzanne. Someone just told me that 100 to 200,000 new members are joining a day. Yeah. Everybody ain't got to like you. Everyone doesn't have to like me. But I need to find my people. And by putting ourselves out there and being honest with the world, whether it's on a platform like that or out and about in our business, you're going to attract your people. Thank you for listening to the Business and Bourbon Podcast. Please subscribe. And if you like us, give us a five-star rating. If you don't, uh, have another drink. Maybe you'll feel a little bit differently. If you'd like to check out our videos, you can go to businessandbourbon.tv. That's businessandbourbon.tv. In addition to that, we're currently touring the United States with our Business and Bourbon Live show. It's a fantastic show where we do a whiskey education and we do some Q&A and it's a great networking event as well. So if you'd like to attend one of our Business and Bourbon Live events, you can go to businessandbourbon.live. Again, that's businessandbourbon.live. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you the next time.